Hi everyone, Dave here. I uh, hope you're all doing okay. Um, on the podcast this week, we've got Lee Rogers. Uh, Lee is a real unsung hero of Chesterfield FC over the years. He joined us in the mid-late 80s and then stayed with us for the majority of the 90s and his versatility really across defence meant that he clocked up nearly 400 appearances for Chesterfield. Um, affectionately known as Nobby, of uh, which I'll let him explain why. Um, he played in the playoff uh, defeat uh, at Wembley against Cambridge and also the victory against Bury 2. And um, was also in a lot of the great games around then, the 4-4 at uh, Liverpool uh, and derbies against uh, Sheffield United and, and spoke really emotively as well about the Mansfield derbies too, uh, which was really interesting to hear. Um, I suppose like players like uh, Jamie Hewitt and Andy Morris, he, he spent well over a decade at the club and maybe in some ways a little underappreciated, but should really go down as one of the legends, certainly in the modern times of Chesterfield Football Club. Um, so great to speak to him, and he has an amazing fondness for the club as well, real love for it. So I hope you all enjoy listening to it. Uh, as always, we're at Spire Legends on Twitter and Legends of the Spire on Facebook, so do get in touch, tell us who you'd like to hear from and what you'd like us to ask them, and we'll do our best to do it. And uh, I really hope you enjoy this week's episode, because I certainly enjoyed recording it. Uh, this is the great Lee Rogers. Great. Well, how's things with you? Well, mate, not bad. Uh, keep going, you know what I mean? But uh, busy. Like I say we work and uh, wife's got uh, home industry business at Nottingham, so at shop, so... Doing a bit of delivering for her when I'm going to get a bit of time off. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, busy, mate, yeah. Good, good. Great. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, it was actually, so the first ever uh, one of this I did was with Jamie Hewitt because I decided to do this at the end of last year and thought uh, it might be something nice to do during lockdown because uh, I work in events, so I've been furloughed for ages. Um, and I started it all, uh, basically Jamie Hewitt said yes and no one else. So I, I started it... <laughs> With my fingers crossed, really. And it was in that first episode where he told a really amusing story about the 10-0 loss to Gillingham, <laughs> which we'll come on to. I'll save that for a moment. But that made but that made me really want to speak to you after that. <laughs> so you're actually from Doncaster, is that right? Yeah, I live I still live in Rosington at Village that I'm uh, you know brought up in with mum and dad. You know, still we just moved to the other end, that's all. But uh, but yes, same village. Yeah. And, and were you always, was football always the thing you wanted to do, wanted to be? Always. I think my mum and dad said since we were, you know, sort of little toddler, two or three years old, always kicking a ball about, uh, just never, never stopped. And obviously going through years, you know, I think older boys used to come, you know, lads used to come round, set me out, you know, for a couple of hours, play football with them. So yeah, it stemmed, stemmed from that. So, so I never, never wanted to do anything else. Yeah. And were you, so you were with Doncaster as, as like a, a schoolboy, were you? Start, as I say, you start off at schools. I went, you know, played for me at local school. Um, I think nine or ten years old, we won some, two trophies, Bryn Jones and Gundry Shield. And it just progressed from there. Played for me, you know, um, Doncaster boys for school, Doncaster boys for Sunday League, South Yorkshire boys. Went for England trials and I got to last 32 then. Um, but I think probably... The, I would say biggest mistake, but I signed schoolboy forms for Lincoln City at 14. It was the first club sort of came in. Uh, I think Lenny Lawrence was the was the assistant manager at the time. He came to our house and uh, wanted me to put pen to paper, and I did. But uh, And I spent two years on, on schoolboy form, but it means you, you're tied to one club and you can't go to any other clubs. And a, lot of, a lot of my mates went to bigger clubs just for trials, you know, and really enjoyed it. And I missed out on that, I think, but... Um, and I, but I was, playing, I was playing reserves at Lincoln City, you know, with, as I said, people like Gary Strodder at West Ham, you know. I mean, they had Tony Cunningham there, you know, that, them sort of, you know, George Shipp played, playing for them at the time. Um, but, yeah, it was, uh, it was good. But, as I say, it, when, when I got to uh, 16, they released me on the schoolboy forms, but uh, Doncaster uh, rang up. In fact, I think it was Dave Pugh. He came round to the house and, and signed, I think, for Doncaster because he was on the uh, coaching staff at Doncaster with uh, Billy Bremner and Dave Bentley. So, started from there and uh, did uh, a two-year apprenticeship and a year pro at uh, Doncaster. And were you always were you always in defence? 
started off up front when I was younger. Uh, and this, this, I'll never forgive me teachers for this, like PE teachers, but uh, yeah, I started off up front. Uh, I, and believe it or not, I used to score a few goals, but uh, <laughs> it put, uh, they put me at the back because we were leaking goals. And, uh, and I stayed there ever since. You know I mean? So yeah, always defending after that, you know, but, uh, but yeah, good. So you scored all of your allocation of career goals. Oh, I scored hundreds when I was a young kid, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you ended up joining Chesterfield in what, summer of 86? I think, is that right? Um, I'd, I'd, um, we'd had, I'd had a funny, the last year at, at Doncaster was uh, obviously Bremner had gone to Leeds. Dave Cusack took over. A uh, few issues with the wages paying and things like that. And uh, and I think with him playing in, he were, you know, established centre-half. He were playing at, you know, he were boss, but he were playing at centre-half as well, you know. Um, Glenn Humphries and all, you know, some good players at the time. Quite an experienced side. I never got a look in. I played one game in a cup game. Uh, I think we drew. And uh, got to end of the season and he, and he just said, look, you know, you know, resources and things like that. I've got can't pay you, so you know, I'm gonna have to let you go, which very disappointed. Um, I went away with my girlfriend at the time, Tabitha, Sam, who I'm married to, um, and uh, got a letter when I got my mum contacted me and said I got a letter from Chesterfield to say, you know, they like, like to come down pre season, and it went from there, so yeah. And, and there's all this rumor of it being it resulting in a sprint off as to who gets the contract. Is that true? I did me sort of four or five weeks pre-season. Thought everything's going really well. Uh, at the time, I, th- I thought um, it were an ageing side that I'd come to. You know, there, obviously there were Jamie, I think Andy Taylor, Darren Wood, you know, young lads there. But a majority of them were, were older, older pros. Um, and I, it got to, it was sort of the last, the last. It was, I think it was Friday before the sort of season kicked off. And I thought it had gone quite well. And uh, and I saw we just just finished training, and it was somewhere up there at Wasp Nest or somewhere wherever we trained. It was like we just trained anywhere on these pictures. And um, I seen Kev Randall, bless him, talk to to John and said something like they were looking, you know. And then they just called us over me and scrim, and I knew straight away. I just thought I've got to win this, you know. I think they thought it were quick, you know. I mean, playing at centre half, and I think there were Bellas, uh, Gary Bellamy at the time, centre half playing. And uh, it was a six-yard box and back, an 18-yard box and back. And um, and it's history. I beat him, so and that was it, I think. Uh, and Kev's always said, he always said to me after, he says, he says, you read that, didn't you? And I says, yeah. I says, I could see what you were talking about. I said, I just thought, I've got to beat him. Because if not, there might be a contract there, you know. And uh, yeah, signed. So, it's a good job true. you had your bit that morning. Was, I don't know, yeah. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> It was a bit daunting, to be fair, you know, because you're thinking about it. If I'd have slipped or anything, like that, I've not got a contract. But uh, but no, it was it was it's true that yeah. And you actually you you slipped into the team straight away, didn't you? Really, you played good like 36, I think, league games in your first season, something like that. I think, I think the first game of the season was Blackpool away. I was sub, um, and I think Charlie Williamson got injured um, when we played him away, and uh, and I went on for him uh, left back, and. Uh, so it was quite steady that season. Got uh, quite a few appearances in that season, and it went quite well. You know, so yeah, I'm glad of it. Yeah, and you obviously what you're about twenty. Yeah, nineteen twenty, I think. Yeah, when I when I first started, like yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it just uh, it went quite well. As I say, I was surprised. I mean, I mean the f- it made me laugh because the first game Blackpool away was our on bench, and obviously John, John, and, and Kev were sat there, and this they started off really well. And they were passing ball everywhere. It were it were brilliant, and that, and he wants sort of setting that up in in you know in training. It was like sort of launching it down sides and everything you know, all the time. And they both looked at each other and said, and they just said, "That's not our team out there," you know. And I thought, you know, what, yeah, not our team. Like you know, quite funny. Like you know, they were like, "That's not my team," you know, going on like this. But uh, yeah, it were it were a it were a good uh, good game. Like I say, and it was nice to just get into it, you know, as as, as a nineteen year old. And uh, touch wood, it went it went on quite well from there. At the present moment, Sheffield United have taken the field and have brought a good number of supporters with them. And a good reception for the home side. I should imagine there's a good 10 to 12,000 spectators 
the biggest gate that we've had at Chesterfield for quite a while. Head by Todd, picked up by Morris, out to his right to Ely, cutting inside, push the ball out to Lee Rogers, cross coming in, goes Morris! And then, yeah, I wanted, so those early early seasons, they were kind of a bit of a, a struggle, I suppose, in, in the league. Um, but there were some highlights, like you did the double over Sheffield United. I think that was maybe the season got relegated, maybe. Um, so there were some highlights in those seasons, weren't there? Well, I mean, as I say, that were, that were great results against Sheffield United. You know, obviously, you know, local teams, you know, not far, just up road. Um, and obviously, they were a big team at the time, I know they couldn't have, but... Um, it was it great to get good results over them. But it was, uh, yeah, that season, I think, you know, we were hit and miss all the time. And I think there were a lot of changes at club, you know, with players and staff and that. So, um, yeah, very disappointing to, to go down. You know, I won't wish that on anybody, but sometimes it's just it just happens for a reason and you know, hopefully you bounce back from it. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you as well about the, um, the Mansfield derby around then, because obviously I'm... I know the Mansfield derbies from like this century <laughs> from going to watch them as a fan, but and obviously it's got a political background around minor strike. And obviously back then it was incredibly current and it was a reality. So what was what were the derbies like back then? Quite fierce. Um, I mean, obviously, um, my uh, my father was a was a minor for thirty three years, so it was um, it was quite close to me and. In fact, I still get emotional there. Yeah. Sorry about that. No, that's okay. um, but yeah, um, it was uh, some of the games were unbelievable. There was, there was so much, um, so much going on in the games. You know, as I said, Nottingham and South Yorkshire, because you know, don't get me wrong, I think families were struggling. You know, and, and whatever they decided to do, that that were down to them. Um, but I'd uh, obviously I'd gone through it with, with my mum and dad, and it were hard. You know. Yeah, sorry about this. I don't get no, upset no, about no. it. No, you're it's a long, take, take long it down, time ago, but um, but yeah, there were uh, there were some really good battles, you know. And you could tell coming up to a game. I mean, we had you had a lot of players who, who swapped from other sides. You know, came from Mansfield to to, to Chesterfield, Chesterfield, and Kev, obviously Kev Randler were at uh, were at Mansfield at the time. Um, so there, there were a lot of banter, uh, and that's the same. Uh, Stanty from a Phil Stanton who played up front, you know, really hard centre forward to play against, like you know, and, and he he give you some, you know, give you some stick, like you know, but you had to give it back. And it's uh, like I said, Paul Allen, Dutch, Dutch had come from there, I know, but um, yeah, there were some really tough games, and it it were it were great to get one over them, you know, what I mean, to get to get the win, it was fantastic, like you know, and uh, but yeah, some really really good battles against them in the day, like I said, great for the fans and all, especially if you got the you know got the result. You know, but, uh, you know, my dad worked 33 years there. We went through a strike for 12 months. I used to go out uh, back at pit with my dad on bike with, with sacks. You know, we used to civil coke. I, mean, I was 17 years old then, you know, at, at, I were apprentice at Doncaster when it happened. So it, it were, uh, I saw that side of it, yeah, you know, it really hard and people living with no money, you know, families split up, things like that. It's just, uh, and it just got you. You know, when I, when I played against Mansfield, I just felt, God, so passionate. And, uh, that's it. Even now, it's affecting me now. It's just yeah. daft like, but it's uh, it's just one of the things. It, it just it just lifted you a little bit, you know. And, and I, I probably against them, I probably wanted to you know do a bit more and a bit better on the day, like you know, hopefully get the win. So. Yeah, you fling yourself into the tackles, kind of a bit more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know why. It's just it's funny, and it's just talk, even talking about now, it just gets gets you worked up. And it's uh, it's it's probably a daft thing, but it's just it's just way way I saw it then. It just that's that's the effect it had on you, and and you just wanted to get a result over them. You know, I just wanted to beat them, and I hated it if I lost against them. God, it were were a nightmare coming home. I won't speak to a missus for probably two days. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was they had some really good battles against them. There were there were no nothing held back. I don't think in you know in the tackles and things like that. But, uh, and I spoke to Jamie Hewitt in the previous episode about the 10 nil um, against Gillingham. Um, and he, he um, obviously, uh, Kevin Randall had uh, taken over then um, 
so it was like his team then, wasn't it? And um, he, Jamie told a really funny story about the instructions that he'd given you <laughs> that didn't quite pan out. We, uh, I think we were top at league, you know, at that time. I think we, I don't think we conceded a goal, and uh, and we wore a new kit and all on the day, and we we've done all training up to a week before. But they they beat, I think they beat somebody five seven, some at six nil. They had some really good results, and uh, we got to, we got down there, we got changed. Uh, but he told me about um, oh, what's his name that. Um, they were a winger. Uh, I've got his name now. Press, Presswick or something like that. We call. I can't remember now. Um, and he said to me, "I was playing. I was playing left back." And he said to me, "Show it. Show him on to his left foot because he can't kick with his left foot." He said, "Just don't let him go down line." And I went, "All oh, right, okay." So after about three minutes, he's come running at me, and he's gone. I've showed him inside. And he's hit this screamer from about 25, 30 yards, top corner with his left foot. And I just looked at Ben to so say, you know, I thought he said he could kick with his left foot. You know what I mean? And he just hit top, top of the stanchion, like, well, one nil down. And I was like, you know, I just couldn't believe it. And I think then a couple of minutes later, they had a corner. And I think he, he, he scored another one, you know, from, from corner. And it just, it was, it was just horrendous. I've never, I've never played in a game or felt, so you know, so so embarrassed in a game after. I mean, we got it. I think it was five nil at half time, and uh, Jim Brown were injured, and Jamie was quite good in goal, you know. And, and we were all saying, you know, to, to Gaffer Cav at the time, uh, get take him on, put Jamie in because you know he's a good keeper. Like we just need, and uh, and I don't I don't know. As I say, Kev were obviously new in job, and you know, and all this as a manager sort of thing, and and uh, he. He made a decision he didn't want to. He wanted to keep uh, Jim in, and uh, and they were just shooting from 30, 40 yards, you know, to try to try and get it. And, and I suppose when it got to when it got to sort of eight or nine nil, and my sort of naivety of a young lad, the ball went out. So we were taking turns taking goal kicks because Jim couldn't kick it, and uh, and I just just I just remember big running for this ball, you know. And you've got a crowd behind, you know. We obviously it's Chesterfield supporters. And they were giving us a bit of stick and shouting and you know, come on, go get yourself going. And uh, I probably ran too fast and got the ball and took the goal kick. And about you know, twenty seconds later, we're back at that, you know, for ten nil, you know. And, and Kev, when I come in, Kev was saying, he said, "What were you doing? What are you running for?" And I'm thinking, "Oh, be it's ten nil, you know, that was one goal out at ten plus, well, plus the other one that he scored with left peg." But uh, yeah, it was. The curtains were shut on the bus all the way home, and it, it was just, it was horrendous. I mean, I, I didn't go out for about six weeks after that, you know, I just kept my head down and all that. But uh, it was just one of them games where everything they hit just went in, from whether they hit it from 20, 30 yards, everything went in. And I don't think we could have changed it. Maybe if Jamie had a gone in goal. And I think, I think Kev, bless him, you know, over the years, probably reflected on it and said, yeah. Maybe we should have, you know, we should have changed it and put him in. But uh, it's one of them things you can't you can't change it now, can you? you know, but uh, but yeah, it was one of the worst moments ever of my career. I think that. Well, this is where you'll find the sharpest shooting boots in the football league at the moment. And no saint, we're not in the famous Anfield boot room. The goals are flowing from a much more unexpected quarter, as those of you who listen to our football results on a Saturday afternoon will surely appreciate. Gillingham 10, Chesterfield 0. So there was special interest in the first viewing of the huge victory, which rewrote the Gillingham record books. A flying start, Howard Pritchard scoring in the second minute. <laughs> Twelve minutes later, it was Pritchard again with a header. The third goal after 31 minutes, a solo run from the bustling Shearer. And six minutes from the end, Gillingham answered the crowd's call for double figures. The tenth goal from defender Colin Greenall. And yeah, then obviously you touched on, you had the relegation. Um, uh, so that's the... Uh, 88-89 season isn't it and then there was the chance to bounce back uh, kind of first attempt which um, kind of ended in a trip to Wembley which didn't really go to plan so I mean what was it like that Cambridge well that season first what was that season like it, it was 
good coming back. I think Artie took over, I think, didn't it? Paul Artie took over uh, with Chris McMenemy. Um, brought a few new ideas in, um, you know, and obviously he was... He was he was a bit of an influence, you know. He came in the room. We had a bit of a aura about him, you know. You were a big blow. Um, but train, training were good. Training were good with, with Chris, you know. We enjoyed it. Got the lads together, and uh, and I thought it went well. Then uh, obviously we got got to the playoff. Um, but then obviously Dion Dublin popped up and, and scored scored, you know, late on, you know, from a corner, and uh, and it was quite sickening, really, you know what I mean? Because like I say, he got that far. And for them to take it away from you know from that for, you know for that one goal, but um, I think it's uh, it, it, it we're good last effort because that set lads it brought lads together. Obviously disappointing losing, but it brought the lads together, and uh, it were a, it were a good time. But like I said, it's not very nice losing at Wembley. And can you look back on like a Wembley trip like that with fondness when you've lost it, or is it the kind of thing you just want to completely erase from your mind? I. Like I said, people ask me, even when I, when I finished football, they said, oh, you know, some people who don't know me or, you know, just met me and talk about football. They said, oh, have you, you had some good times? And I said, yeah, I played at Wembley twice. And, and they're like, what, have you? I said, yeah. I said, and you think, some top players never play at Wembley. Do you know, they'll go through all their career. And and even though we lost, you can't take, the, you can't take that away. You know, going on there on the day and got the fans there, and they're all backing you. you. I know you lose and it's disappointing, but... To say you've gone and played at Wembley, you know, it's just it's just fantastic. And no, I, I would never raise anything like that from man. As I say, I think it was an achievement to get there, you know. And as I say some experienced players don't get there, never get to play on that uh, on that setting. So uh, no, I, I really enjoyed it. And as I say, this point we lost, but uh, no, I, as I say, I'd love to get there. You know, I wish you could go back and start again, and you know, love to get there. And a lot of players, I think, experienced players would love to play there. Do, do you ever find yourself? Like during a game at Wembley, just kind of looking around and <laughs> yeah, kind of... I think I think the, the, probably that first time, you know, it was a bit sort of daunting, you know, because you do you look you look round, you're looking for your family, you know, it's first time you've been you just, and and it's it were a I mean, it were a fantastic place, like you know, and to to, to to go on there and play on there, yeah, you do you do sort of get lost with, it. and I thought the game went really quick, you know, I never really sort of sort of enjoyed it, you know, sort of that, that looking back, because it went that quick and you think about it, but, uh, and obviously then you forward on a few years, like you play again, and I really took it in that time, you know, I had to look around and really, really sort of enjoyed it, so, in fact, we even got, there's the shirt, look. Hey. Yeah, there's, there's the, we've still got it. <laughs> still got it, so yeah, but, uh, but yeah, it was uh, disappointing, but yeah, I mean, fantastic to play there. And I say a lot of players would give the right arm to play there. You know, so, good times. Yeah. Can you watch Holmes under the hammer or not? <laughs> uh, yeah, I watch it quite a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's disappointing. He's done well out of it, hasn't he? He's not done bad, <laughs> no. you know, but uh, went to Man U and things like that. But, uh, I mean, he were a good, he were a good player. Um, but... Uh, it was disappointing. I saw him. Um, I think he was just before, just before lockdown. Um, he was in the airport at, uh, at East Midlands going with Ryanair. Went to the same flight as me. He was sat back about three or four seats from me, like with his wife. But he just got he got hammered by it. You know, all blokes on football blokes on, on plane. They were just asking him questions after question. All way flight, all way to Portugal. You know, so he was probably glad to get off. Like you know, but uh, yeah, he's uh, he did well out of it. Like I said, so but. Uh, one of them things. It's a bit disappointing, but uh, great to play there. Yeah, and and I was going to ask you about um, about your position because you've played kind of fullback and centre back, haven't you? So I wondered, uh, did you find it quite easy to switch switch between where you were playing in defence? I think that was probably one of the better things about from myself was that I could that versatile. I could play, you know, left back, right back, centre half, or sweeper, you know sometimes in midfield, you know what I mean? So, you know, and I think probably managers look for that. You know, some managers, you know, want some versatile players to play there, you know, in case, you know, in case you're struggling like or somebody's good out for long term or, or injuries and then they can stick you in there, you know. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy, I mean, the left back, I always used to want to cut back onto the right foot. Um, but I, rem I remember years ago, like I said, Mick Henderson, when Mick were there, Mick used to say to me, "Look, you need to you need to be able to you know play kick kick with your left all the time." 
Uh, he says, as well as you are. And I says, yeah, I know. And he, he came back in afternoons and, and he used to ping ball into me and he'd chest it or, you know, control it onto my left foot, take it out and just ping it down line to him all the time. And I did that. I did that for months, you know, and he, he really helped me to, you know, to get my left peg going. Like so. But, so in the end, I was quite comfortable on, on my left foot, you know, in the end. Like, but, uh, but yeah, I've, I've not, I didn't really have a preferred, I like to play centre-half, even though I probably wasn't the biggest, you know, but tallest, like, but, um, or sweeper, you know, I enjoyed that because I thought I read the game well. I think that's what Kevin and John thought I were good at and reading game quite well. But um, yeah, not uh, not really bothered as long as I got the shirt and got got on pitch. Do you know what I mean? It, it were it's just love of the game, and you know what I mean. Just just to go out there and put the shirt on was just fantastic. I mean, it, it wasn't about money. We never got paid much, like, you know. I mean, we had Norton Lee then, you know. He's, Norton never paid much at the times, though. I remember him going down and cutting. He used to cut bars of soap in half, you know, to, to put on thing. And he used to switch lights off every time we walked down the corridor, you know. But uh, but bless him, he, he, were a, he were a good chairman, like, you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, it wasn't for the money. As I say, it was for the love of the game, you know. Not not what they get sort of paid now, sort of thing, mm. but... Uh, that's another thing. Uh, we used to, uh, if you didn't play... In, in the squad, if you didn't play on the Saturday, uh, Kev Randall used to have uh, the gospel squad on the Sunday, and it, it, it were a nightmare. He used to, I mean, bless him. We used to, uh, he didn't play, he'd say, right, the lads who didn't play, you've got to come in on a Sunday. And you can imagine if you went out on a Saturday night, you had a skinful and a curry, and you, t- you turned up on Sunday morning at Saltergate, and he used to start you on halfway line, and you used to have to sprint right to the corner. And then you jog all the way around, like progressive thing. And then you sprint all the way around to other corner. And then, you know, jog all the way around and sprint to halfway at the other side. You know, and it went on to you do full, full, you know, circle at the pitch. And then you do doggies and things, you know, backwards and forwards and all that. I mean, on a Sunday morning, when you've had a few pints and a curry, you don't want to do that. Do you know what I mean? And uh, he used to laugh his head off because there was the right sights on a Sunday morning, I'll tell you. But... Uh, but yeah, that would call the gospel squad. So nobody wants to be in the gospel squad on the Sunday. But uh, but it was funny looking back at it. Do you know what I mean? But it, it was just his way of keeping the lads on board and and uh, you know keeping them in touch with all the others. So but uh, good good times. Yeah, and obviously he's no longer with us, is he? So he was. Uh, it's it's like I say, it was lovely bloke. Like I say, I owe I owe my career to him and John. So yeah, think a lot about him. And, and you've played, obviously, you were there for, what, 12 years, a long time. You've played under a lot of different managers. So, uh, uh, Duncan, Randall, Hart, McManamy, uh, you know, there's... And, and you've, you've played quite a lot of games in most of the seasons that you played. So, what um, what was it like when the managers kept swapping? Did you have to keep proving yourself again? John and Kev, I owe them everything. They, they gave me the chance and, and they were brilliant. They were fantastic. And uh, and I'll, I'll never, you know, never forget that. As I say, I owe them everything. Um, and they, they had some weird ways that, you know, the training. I mean, Johnny kept, they were so defensive at times. It was unbelievable. You know, he's, I mean, I remember we used to do set pieces on a Friday. And I remember, remember Kev Davis when Kev were young and he went inside and we had a cor- corner four and he got Kev stood on, the, the near the near post for them, facing back towards our goal. As soon as we took the corner, Kev had to run back because they thought it were quick. He had to. I mean, this is a centre for or somebody attacking, running back to sort of defend. It was just, it was it were mad, you know. But uh, but we never got beat much, you know. I mean, it were like one nils and things like that. But uh, under them two, that's just it. They were they were fantastic. Um, change different under sort of Paul Art. You know, training training was probably probably up to date more, you know, a bit more, but, uh, but he, he, he could be scary though. You know what I mean? There were a lot of, a lot of players, if, we, if results didn't go well, they didn't like walking past his office on a, on a Monday morning, I'll tell you that, when he used to sneak past an old flip door, would be shut like, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, played some good football under them, you know, and then Chris, under Chris, um, Great, great lad, you know, and I think I think the problem for Chris was he was similar age to a lot of the players, do you know what I mean? And it were uh, sort of probably too much mates, do you know what I mean? Your mates of his and that sort of thing and uh, probably didn't go to plan what he wanted to do, but uh, but good lad, you know what I mean? And, and that's just training were really enjoyable, you know, but yeah, I think uh, as soon as somebody goes, 
you, you just don't know where you're going to end up. You know, you don't know whether they're going to like you, whether they're going to want to play you, whether, you know, like I said, we're being versatile. I think that come, you know, we're my uh, better for me, you know, sort of thing at the time. Um, but under Artie, I think there were a stage where he, he sort of pushed me out and bombed me out a little bit. And I think it's the first time I asked to go on the transfer list at the time. Um, but he, and he mentioned something about a swap deal on me going to Belgium. And I don't know what that were about, but I just said, no, I'm not going. You know, I just, I, I rather I wanted to stop and fight for my place. And and I got, I, I think I got pushed out a bit for a, for a few months or a couple of players, which, you know, manager's going to come in, he's going to, he's going to look at his, you don't know whether he's his type or not, you know. And and it, uh, for, for a few months, it didn't work out. And then suddenly, I think there were a few injuries and, and he, he knew he had to put me back in. And he put me back in and, and it went all right from then, you know, but... Uh, did quite a few appearances on him, I think, after that. But it's all about opinions, isn't it? You know, they come yeah. in, they've got different opinions, how they want to play them, different players. But, uh, yeah, like, uh, you have to you have to up your game, you know, even though I know you shouldn't do, but you do because you're under pressure because you don't know whether you're going to get another contract or not, you know. And uh, it's a dog-eat-dog, isn't it, out there when, you know, when it comes to that. Yeah. So you mentioned go, asking to go on the transfer list. So did you... So was that never, a like, a serious... I want to go. Was it more of a? I didn't want to go. No, I didn't want to go on. I was just, but I got, I got that fed up of it being sort of pushed, pushed back because you ended up sometimes you ended up training sort of on on your own or you know with young young lads, and I thought I got to that stage where you know probably mid twenties there, and I'm thinking, you know, this is not right. This, you know, I shouldn't, you know, because you don't. But it's it's why they it's why they work. Sometimes they try and push you out, and I think they're hoping that you want to go somewhere else. And uh, but I didn't, you know, I loved the club, I loved the supporters, and I just thought I'm going to fight for my place here, and they're going to, you know, I'm going to make it as awkward as I can. And and I, I went till I say I did put him to go on the list, but I didn't really want to go, you know. So, and then obviously I think when he got he got a few injuries or something or something happened and brought me back in, and then I just said and take me off. I don't I don't want to be on the list, you know. And that was it, and it, it went on from there. But uh, but yeah, it's it's. It's all mind games, I think, at times. You know, that's I say, we, you know, you've got to, you've got to try and work each other out, and hopefully, yeah. some sort of happy medium. You know. Right. Throughout your time at Chesterfield, so you've always lived outside of Chesterfield, I take it. So I wondered what kind of, uh, we always hear about footballers, you know, sharing car journeys and stuff like that. I wondered who you've uh, travelled into into training with over the years. Billy Mercer, uh, Ian Brecken, uh, Kev Eli. Uh, I mean, we used to, I mean, you look, looking back now, you know, like players now, what, what they, how they look after themselves, you know, the old six pack and the all right things and everything. I mean, I can remember we used to, there were me, Billy Mercer and Ian Brecken, he used to travel in, in a car on a Friday morning and we'd meet Dutch, Paul Holland, just off at, you get off at Junction 29 where Dual Carriageway is, and there used to be two garages, one on the left, one on the right, there used to be a lovely cafe there, and we all used to call in there on a Friday morning for a, for a sausage egg and, and bacon butty, like massive one, you know, before training on a Friday, I mean, you won't get away with that nowadays, but, uh, but yeah, I've Travelled in with loads of people over the years, you know, and uh, it's changed like that. Uh, long time, 12 years, travelling up and down that motorway. Yeah. I mean, I mean, my wife, she she wanted us to move, you know, to, to Chester and Derbyshire, because it's a lovely place, you know, some lovely places around there. Um, but I think, because we were just starting a family, and we had, I had my parents here, you know, some had their parents here, 
it was just easier for us to stop here to look you know look after kids um but that's that's probably some regret i probably you know probably we should have moved out there you know because uh, i do like it out there yeah and and i suppose like my wife's a teacher and she's never wanted to live in the same postcode as a school because she doesn't want to bump into kids in supermarket and stuff like that is it a bit is it a bit the same being a footballer in some ways like if you if you a defeat no one no one really recognizes you so cares about a defeat do they when you get back home no you don't that's what I said especially after that 10-0 one you know what I mean it was I hid me said for weeks like you know but uh, uh, yeah I don't, I don't know it's just uh, like I said we always talked about it but uh, just never never did it and well like I said I've still got I still see the lads I mean like Dave Waller, and um, there's a lad called Paul Best who's a support. I've known him years. Still keep in touch with Best, who lives over there. Go up, you know, play golf sometimes. Um, so yeah, I've got got a lot of friends over there, you know, and people. And uh, like I say, it's probably a pity we didn't move over there, really. You know, just to get out of here, you know, get out where you where you live in a village all the time. But um, um, but yeah, we just uh, we stopped here because I think it was just easier for you know for kids and looking after you know with grandparents. So. Yeah. And- and we should really talk about goals. Well, a goal. goal. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, it was against Lincoln, wasn't it? 93. So I think you had to wait, like, what was it? Your seventh or eighth season, something like that, when you scored your, scored your goal? I remember, remember speaking, uh, sorry, uh, scoring one at, um, at Saltergate and Steve Norris were offside and he got some right stick after, like, you know. But, uh, uh, but yeah, it were Lincoln away. Uh, I just remember it coming coming to the far far post and it just bounced to me and I've just I think it was my left foot actually and I've just lobbed it back over you know luckily it's gone over to keeper's head and got into back of net but uh, yeah because Lee, Lee Turnbull had, he, he wanted Chesterfield gone I think he'd gone back to somewhere else or Doncaster or something he uh, he rang me up to say hey is that was that right he says I can't I, says, I saw it on, on t- TV he said you haven't scored have you you know what I mean so having a bit of a laugh and a joke and I says, yeah, yeah, so that's it. I'm starting now. One of one of many, hopefully, but uh, no, only one. <laughs> and a, a few fans mentioned that. I think it was against Rochdale that disallowed goal. Um, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't happy with Nozer. I'll be honest with you. He got some. He got some right stick after that like, because I thought it were a good finish, like, but he uh, he were offside, so ruled it out. And there was one as well that because I asked a, a few fans yesterday what I should ask you, and a few mentioned as well you scored in a centenary cup match at Derby, I think, which everyone said was a really good finish. Yeah, Derby, Derby County. I think we won that. Uh, we won it that year. Um, yeah, there used to be some good battles then at the start of the season, you know, against against them, like you know, because obviously they're a good good team then. Mm. Um, some good players they had at their place, but yeah, it was uh, that was a sort of marker for how you were you know that season playing against them because obviously they were, they were above us league above us or two two leagues above us um but yeah they were they were, they were good matches really enjoyed them and uh, yeah scored, scored like i said scored and we won it i think that year so <laughs> and and the other question that all the fans wanted to ask um is why why your nickname was nobby yeah <laughs> uh, i don't i don't think i could uh, repeat that over <laughs> thing uh, uh I don't know. <laughs> Is that uh, use your own uh, imagination? Is that use your own imagination then? <laughs> yes, yes. I think I think they better do. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. It was just uh, obviously I turned up at changing room one day, and you know, and that was it. I got nicknamed that because of certain <laughs> reasons, you know. <laughs> but I never had any toys or something when I was little. <laughs> Right, we'll leave that one there. Then that's that. Yeah, we'll that's leave that, that one. Yeah, move on swiftly. <laughs> yeah. So then, yeah, promotion season uh, against Berry. So that must have been really nice then to go to Wembley and win. Brilliant! It's uh, and to get there again, you know, twice. You know, in in your career, is is fantastic. But I I really enjoyed this one because it just you could we're soaking it up and uh, the week before and you you're talking about it and I mean the thing is it was strange and all at that time was that. We we were set up the week before to play like five at the back, sort of three three centre halves, you know, sweeper and two full backs, and it meant that Dave Moss fit, fitted into that that uh, that team, who I think we were top scorer at the time, and we went down and we were training on the Friday and we'd set up as normal, done all the training, done all the set pieces against and everything, and uh, it's same again on on the Saturday morning, came down to for breakfast in the hotel. 
sat there with Jamie, sat there and, and Dunks came over, sat outside of us, you know, his cup of tea and his orange juice and, and he just went, uh, yeah, boys, think we're going to go back to back four. And we, and we were like looking at him like this, what? You know, we've done all week, you know, set up to go as a five. And I think as soon as he said that, we knew Dave wouldn't be involved, Dave Moss, because it, we, we played around that, you know, where he, he sat in the middle. And obviously it was it was devastating for Dave, you know, because I think he was he was say top scorer at the time. Um but he, he just changed to the back four and uh and touch wood, it just it was worked on the day, it was brilliant. I mean, like I said, but I think that game, you know, obviously my family were stood up in sand, you know, I could see them waving at them, but I just felt I just felt more relaxed on on you know that that day. And um and it was a good game, quite intense. I think they put us under a lot of pressure first, you know, sort of 20 minutes and all that. But, um, but yeah, just fantastic result in the end and, and just just made everything better. You know, and end of the day, you know, you've got that win, win at Wembley, you got promoted and it's just, you know, just fantastic feeling. Can't take that away from you. Yeah. And have you still got your medal? Uh, still got my medal. So still got, still got my kit, full kit, you know. So, uh, but yeah, just... Uh, just amazing day, you know, and you never forget that sort of thing, you know, even though it's 20 odd years ago, you know, but um, can't take it away from you that, can we? Mm, absolutely. Does it still fit the kit? Just, just, I think, I think I've put a few pounds on that, but uh, yeah, just about, yeah. Still <laughs> mess about with my shorts though. <laughs> well, yeah, that's something that was on the, uh, that I was reading where it said you used to have like yeah. a nervous fiddle with your shorts while you were Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know what it was, I just couldn't get shorts to fit me properly i don't know i used to crunch them up all the time pull them up all the time you know but uh yeah it's funny little habits you have don't you when you're playing like but uh, but yeah good good sounds off nine months work depends on 90 minutes against berry in the third division playoff final yes a wonderful moment in any player's career but today there's nothing for the losers Chesterfield on the left in the blue shirts. Your match commentator, John Helm. Wayne Rogers, one of those three Chesterfield players who was here against Cambridge five years ago, onto the head of Morris, another of the three. So, and it's Robinson now. The Wembley regular. Chance here. A striking chance for Law, where it breaks for Hewitt, who just had his ankle tapped. And that uh, is a corner kick for Chesterfield, their first. Nicky Law, it is long, there's Morris, and here's a goal maybe, yes, Chesterfield score! Marvellous moment! Chesterfield take the lead from that ploy that has worked so often. And Chesterfield are promoted to Division 2, they get their just desserts, the side that finished in third position in the table is promoted. Yeah, and then you actually got to testimonial season, didn't you? Um, you had a testimonial against Forest. Um, yeah. You're probably you're probably one of the players that's a bit more of an unsung hero, rather than you know some people can make themselves heroes in a half a season by scoring a hat full of goals. But you probably, you're probably one of the unsung heroes of the year. So it was quite nice to have that testimonial. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, like I said, obviously I did twelve years there, but ten years, and like I said. I knew I wasn't the best player in the world, but I just give 110%, you know, and I knew, you know, I knew what I could do and uh, just tried my hardest, you know what I mean, to, to just to, to fit in and do a good job for the club. But, um, but yeah, it was after 10 years, you know, Norton, you know, and Barry Hubbard, they granted me the testimonial. I had a fantastic year, you know, like the committee that came on, you know, all, all local supporters who, who joined the committee for me. And we had, we had golf days, you know, we had quizzes, you know, we, all them sort of thing, raffles and everything, that sort of thing, and uh, and obviously the dinner dues, you know, we, we speakers through the year, and it, it just went it just went really well. It was fantastic, and I mean the game, the game on against Forest. Um, I mean, there were a few people saying to me, "Oh, you need to charge ten pound here, fifty I thought, you know, I've spent ten years here. They they've supported me them ten years. They've been fantastic. So I mean, we charge something like three quid for kids and five for adults, you know. And I just thought. I'm not here to make money, do you know? It's it's to celebrate. I've been here ten years and and sort of give something back for them, you know that sort of thing. And uh, 
it just it was unbelievable. The sun come out on the night. I think there was seven thousand three hundred or something, or seven thousand four hundred fans turned up, and it was brilliant. And, and we're beaten. You know, it's just just unbelievable. You know, but just fantastic experience. You know, and as I say, it's memories like that. You just can't uh, can't take them away. You know, fantastic. And I think one of the things after that meant meant uh, it was nice that I went to the changing room, not so far as changing room after. And we we did like you know like little medals for for obviously every player that played him. I mean, they want they want fantastic, you know what I mean. But it's it's what they got at that time. They're in a little you know box thing. They put. And I remember one of the one of the forest lads threw it on the floor, and the door were open. I know. And uh, and what you call it, Stuart Pierce, just just absolutely went by me at this kid. And he just, he says, he says, get that picked up now. You know, and he just said, he says, don't you ever show any disrespect. He says, that lad has, has spent 10 years here. He says, you'll be lucky if you spend a year at somewhere else. You know what I mean? And he really berated him. And I thought really nice, you know, really good. And then I went, obviously went inside. And obviously they, they got like a silver platter handed to them and all the little medals and stuff like that. But it was nice for him to sort of stick up, you know, for somebody lower league who, you know, it's not going to go where they played, you know, play for England and stuff and all this like, but uh, it was just nice of him to, to sort of stick up for some you've done 10 years. Yeah. And, and not many players get to 10, well, not many players get to five years nowadays. So it's quite an achievement, isn't it? It's, um, yeah. There's that loyalty there. I think they're just, you know, they club hopping all the time, you know. I mean, it's, it's gone mad now. You know, with the money, the money sort of situation and stuff like whatever they earn, it's, it's just frightening what they earn now, you know. I mean, in my day, like I say, you didn't. He won for the money. You, you, you played for the love of game. You know. I mean, I know Big Big Andy, Andy Morris. He, he got his ten years in there. You know, and it's a similar sort of thing with Big Andy. But um, yeah, I just, I just love the club. I didn't, I didn't want to leave. Do you know what I mean? And, to, and that's obviously when, when I went through the bit of a sort of bad patch with Artie. You know, that's, that's when obviously I put, I put the transfer request in. But I didn't want to really go. But I just thought it might just, you know, change things, and, and it did. But. Uh, no, I, I love the club and I still do now. You know, it's fantastic. They've been great and the supporters were brilliant. Like I said, for, for 7,300 or 400 to turn up, just unbelievable on the day. Like, great, fantastic. Yeah. And and we should talk um, about the FA Cup run because, I mean, the, the from a fan's perspective, from my perspective, like the, the, the second best thing to playing in all the matches is being a member of the squad and kind of having that inside view of everything. But I mean, it must be still frustrating a bit that you were. I think you were on the. Were you a substitute or on the bench for one of the earlier rounds? I think. I can't think. Uh, looking back at it, because I, I were injured at the time, I think, and I was coming through back back through my injury. I think there were early rounds. Uh, I think we were involved in some. I can't remember now, but but I got injured. I did me. Uh, I think it was my patella tendon. Yeah, I, I'd torn that, and and it was frustrating. But like I said, come to that end of that season. That's when I just sort of got back to some sort of fitness, but I couldn't train every day. Do you know what I mean? But he, uh, I mean, Dunks and Kev, they took me in the squad, you know, and I didn't know whether I'd get on the bench on the day. You know, it was just one of them things. I think, uh, I'm not sure if Daz Cow got, got on, I think he got on the bench, I think, on that day instead. Um, but just being involved in it, I mean, tremendous run, and, and you know, and could have, you know, it could have been, uh, could have been through to the final, to be fair, like when you think about it on day. But uh, great, just great sort of period for club, you know, and, and, and for fans and everything to get to that. It's just, just unbelievable. And just to be involved with it, you know, as I say, never go out of my, you know, it's in, it's in my mind all the time, you know, about being involved in, in the club at that time. And it was just fantastic for the fans. It's just, like I say, it's just a shame we just couldn't have got it on the day, you know. But uh, but great memories and, you know, unbelievable, fantastic. And, and, you don't you get back once in a lifetime, don't you? That sort of thing, you know. So uh, brilliant, like I say, fantastic memories, and I'll never forget it. Yeah. So who who were you sitting with at uh, at Old Trafford? God, I can't I can't even remember. I think it might have been it might have been Steve Gorn, Gorney or something, a few other lads. But uh, just I just remember you just jumping up all the time. You know, every time you know we scored and that it was just. It was just unbelievable. I mean, like I so said, even with John, you know, his glasses flew off and stuff or whatever. I think they were Kev Randall's glasses, actually. I think he'd forgot his own glasses, so he borrowed his off him. But, uh, but yeah, it was just it was un- unbelievable. And uh, like I said, something that, you know, the lads can cherish, like, you know. Yeah. And you played with some real personalities over the years, didn't you? Um, 
through various different uh, uh, years at the club. Who were the personalities that really stick out for you over those years? There was there was some. I mean, Dave Caldwell. Remember Dave Shaggy? He were uh, a right character. He was like you know. But when I got to the club, I mean, you know, like true professional. Ernie, Ernie was there. Ernie Moss, you know, absolutely legend, like you know, and just but characters. John Ryan. Rhino, we were absolute nutter, like, you know, but uh, Newt's Bob Newton, you know, he came back for a while, absolutely, he would be mad as a hatter, he was Bob, like, but uh, just loads of characters over years, you know, some, some funny people, um, but there's just that many, I just, you know what I mean, there's, there's just so many people, there's so many players over 12 years, you know, but... Uh, we had some good times and a good laugh with them all, you know. But uh, yeah, I don't know who would stand out, you know, sort of thing. There was some, like I said, some good Chris Marples, Jed, you know, nutter, absolute nutter, that kid, like, you know. But uh, just add some, and Tony Bryan, Tony, God, he, he's daft as a brush, that lad, like, you know what I mean? But uh, but we had so we had so great times, like, together, do you know what I mean? The, the lads, some uh, some really good teams at the time, you know. But uh, yeah, some, some great lads. Yeah. And, and, and Paul Fisher, who I'm sure you uh, know and remember, um, he said, ask him about the bloke that used to shout, shout at you from the wing stand. <laughs> you can do it, Roy. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, I don't know, for years this bloke used to sit up top and every game, every home game, I used to, used to hear it every, every couple of minutes, like into game, he used to, used to shout out, you can do it, Roy. You know, I used to shout it all the time. I don't know who it was, but uh, it was quite funny. But uh, yeah, it lasted for years, that. But, uh, and I did it once away at Lincoln, that's it. You know, because I think that's where it was. You know, you could, you could score like you could do it, Roy. But uh, yeah, good times. Good times. <laughs> and then, and then, yeah, you get to your final kind of couple of seasons. And like you say, you didn't uh, really played play much probably because of injury and, and stuff and you actually your last game at Saltergate you spent it in net didn't you it's uh, a bit weird that isn't it uh, I think um, I think it was Billy Mercer who got injured I think at the time and they came in and they were discussing it at, I think it was at half time and you, normally Jamie goes in because he, he was a, quite a good keeper um, and I, I don't know why I said it I just I just said, yeah, I'll, I'll go in if you want that. And they were like, are you sure? I says, yeah, yeah, I'll go in, you know. And uh, But it was quite funny because I think you get you get carried away and quite nerve-wracking, you know, because I got outside and a couple of lads were firing balls at me all the time just to get in before second half kickoff. Anyway, they kicked off. And uh, I think there were a couple of occasions where I had one-on-ones where they come through with centre-forward. And I've saved them. It's hit me, it's hit me foot and it's gone out for corner and so that. So, so I'm getting quite, quite giddy about it. But then one of the premises ran up the side of the of the thing. Because I think our at that time, I think once you put it down, dropped it, you had to kick it. And I was picking it back up again. And one of these apprentices ran up and shouting behind behind goal and he went, Nobby, you can't pick it back up. You've got to kick it, you know what I mean? So I had to launch it. <laughs> but you know, we all you know, you just get excited with it, you know, you just uh, got carried away a bit of it. But uh, yeah, I, and I didn't realise it until you put this when you said it was last game that I played in goal, which is uh, I didn't know. I forgot about that. Yeah, I think you had a couple of other appearances in the season after away from home, but at Saltergate, yeah, yeah and I think you kept a clean sheet as well, didn't you? So yeah, I know uh, yeah. yeah, it's uh, like I said, versatile, isn't it? You know, what I mean, yeah. you've got to play anywhere you can to get a shirt. So <laughs> I was actually looking at um, uh, looking at like the teams at the teams from that season and and. It wasn't the first time an outfield player had, had been in net that season. I think you were probably the third or fourth different player that had been in net that, that season. I think, like I say, I think a few times we went in. I think I think Jamie's obviously been in a few times. Like uh, I think Paul Holland might have might have gone in once, like no. But um, yeah, and I, I think that's them sort of teams at that time. You had to have people who, who played in a few positions. You know what I mean? You couldn't be sort of stuck to one position. Because you know, Gaffer, you know, Dunks had changed it round, or Kevin changed it round all the time, you know, and uh, it's uh, it helped if you could play in different positions, and you're quite versatile. Yeah. And then you ended up, so you ended up leaving in what ninety, ending the ninety seven, ninety eight season. Um, I mean, what's that like after you've been there for twelve years? It's, it's such a long time, isn't it? Devastating. To be fair. Um, I, I thought I thought I could get back. Um, you know, to, to fitness, but it was just taking a long, you know, obviously with, with, with Terry had, 
and I needed a bit of, a bit more time to get over it. Um, and I think at the time we'd had, I think uh, Jack, Paul Lemon, had had a long-term knee injury. Uh, Chris Marples had had a long-term knee injury and they paid them for like 18 months or something, you know, the contracts up and they weren't playing. And they were, I think there was somebody, I think Dave Waller had had a, had a bad injury while that was his knee and he'd, he'd finished. So the, the chairman at the time, obviously with Norton, and he just, he had me in. And to be, to be fair, he was straight. He just said, look, We've had quite a few lads that have had long-term contracts and, you know, they've been injured and we've been paying them and I'm not prepared to, you know, to to uh, to keep sort of paying, paying, you know, in case you're injured like that. I just said, yeah, fair enough. But um, John and um, and Kev wanted me to come on the coaching side. They wanted me to do it with uh, youth team coach. But at the time, yeah, I had to have... Uh, I had to have a certain badge because they were getting a grant from, I think it was from FA or something to pay for, you know, so much towards it. Now I didn't have it at the time, but I was, I was doing my badges at the time. Um, and I think Kev went in and, and, and saw him and, and Dunks and said, look to chairman and said, look, Kev can be in charge and Lee can be underneath him and we'll st- you still get the grant. Um, but no, one won't do it for some reason. So um, I had to leave and uh, try and get something else, which, you know, when you've been there 12 years, it's um, a bit of a shock. And you just don't know what to do. Do you know what I mean? So it was, uh, yeah, it was devastating for Yeah. And, and you did have a little spell at Gainsborough, was it? I went to, I went to Gainsborough because I knew, I knew, I knew I could probably get away with just playing part-time. Do you know what I mean? At the time, because I needed a bit longer for it to this to, to get right. So I went to, I went to Gainsborough and played there for, for, I think it was like half a season or whatever. Uh, and then I went to um, I went to Grantham and I played there for for half a season at Grantham. But at that time, uh, Lee Turnbull had gone up to Barra and Furnish, you know, with uh, Kenny Lowe. and and he asked, he said, "Do you want to, you know, would you come up there if we, we put seven days in for you?" And they did, and and I went up uh, played at Barra for well to our thirty seven mm. uh, up at Barra, you know, because because my knee was standing up to part time football, you know, it wasn't. I think full time football, I'd, I'd have needed probably another six months 12 months you know before i got ready to to do you know full time i think that's why you know they didn't they didn't want to offer another contract like just in case you know but um but yeah so i played on for and i think you know when you're older you read even you read game better and i think even playing non-league i felt better then you know that that sort of stage but uh it would have been nice to sort of carry on till probably 35 36 at chesterfield if i could have done but it's Small clubs, you know what they're like. They've, you know, they've got no money and resources and things like that. And I could understand where they were coming from, you know. And they've gone, they've gone through that stage where they've three or four players who they were paying, you know, paying wages, but they won't, they won't play. So you can understand it on their part. Yeah, and like you're still what, what was it, three hundred and ninety-two first team games? Have I got that I think, right? Yeah, yeah. I think, as I say, it's the last, the last uh, two or three seasons was, you know, we had a couple of. Went over on my ankle a few times, you know, and sort of out for a while, you know, with that with ligaments and that. I think that's what uh, what did it for me. You know, I could have probably got to, you know, maybe 450 or something, 460 if uh, if I'd have been able to sort of keep fit that last couple of years. Mm-hmm. We should mention I, I, it's usually nice to talk about what people got up to since the finished since the finished playing. So, so what did you end up doing? I tried to sell, buy and sell cars when I first finished because I loved cars, you know. But uh, which wasn't very good, to be fair. You know, I was working, working from home, and my wife will vouch for that. You know, she says I was rubbish. I was too nice. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I tried that for about eighteen months, and it just, it just won't work. It was, it was a hard thing to to get into, and uh, it was so hit and miss, and there were no sort of regular, you know, money coming in, and uh, so I ended up one at uh, a lad who. Were, played non-league, uh, Mark Hine, who used to play for Doncaster and Scunthorpe, he was doing meter reading for, for Gasport, and, and he just said, would you do that, because you still play part-time football, you see, and I said, I said right, I said, well, and I went for an interview there, and I got that job, um, and that worked around football, because you you could uh, you could go out and do like half a day, you know, reading meters for thing, and then, and then you, you could finish early and go and play part-time football, and, uh, and then just make it up the day after, so I, I did that for, for three years, um, but it just wasn't. It was nice being outdoors, but you know you, you were on your own all the time. Do you know what I mean? No team, and I like, like I say, you know, when you've been there twelve years, you like the teamwork, you like the banter with the lads and the laugh. And it just wasn't there. And um, obviously, 
applied for the police, South Yorkshire Police, and uh, got through to, got through to that, and been there ever since. Now, so seventeen and a half years or something now, eighteen years probably. Yeah. But, uh, and, it's and hopefully I'll be a delivery driver for my wife when I retire. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've done a few trips over to Chesterfield the last few weeks, so so yeah, could be that. Come over in your playoff final shirt. You need to wear that while you do. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a treasure that I always uh, I'll always keep that. <laughs> it's it's funny really because we've had so I've, uh, you're the third player you're the third player now that I've, that's got the police connection. We've obviously had Steve Grizovich that did it the other way round and was police first, and then we've had Alan O'Hare who is. Now in South Yorkshire Police, um, so uh, so it's funny, isn't it? How how quite a few go down that route. Yeah, I mean, I mean well, Les, Les Hunter, Les Hunter went to be a police. Mick Henderson, you know, they they went. Uh, I mean, Mick ended up with dogs, you know, thinking training dogs. But um, yeah, it's just uh, well, it, it it just pays the bills and it pays pays the mortgage, you know, puts food on the table. Uh, I mean, I, as soon as I come home from work, I just forget about it. You know, I mean, that's it. That's me done. But uh, it's just when you when you finish playing football, you just don't know what to do. You know, it's it's just because it's been your life. You know, you, that going in, in in the morning, you know, at, at ten o'clock or whatever. You know, and, and you have you have the banter with all the lads and the tricks they play on each other's. You know, when they're cutting each other's uh, socks. You know, when you come back out and you're putting your foot straight. But you know, you know what I mean. It's all that sort of kiddish thing, that daft things or putting things in your shoes and stuff or well, hiding things. Um, just great, you know, great times. I just I think, I mean, I can remember Chris McMahon and me had, had um, two Rottweilers. And when we used to get paid, Chris used to go, go he used to bring, especially on, on payday or on, on a Friday, he'd bring his Rottweilers in. And, and at, uh, we're changing room is at end. There's a door that goes out at the side, what Saltergate, what used to be sort of yard at back. And he used to put his Rottweilers there. And then he'd go up top to, to uh, office, he'd get out wage packets, he'd come down and he'd walk through the door and shut the door. And he'd just put the wage packets at side at dogs. And then it, the, everybody would go up to the top and say, you know, can I have my wages, please? And so I know uh, Chris has already took them gaffer. And I said, all right. So we walk down and he'd get in there and he'd just have a big smile on his face. He'd say, yeah. It, they're out there, go and get them. You know, and, and you open that door and there's two Rottweilers that are, are growling with the teeth showing. There's no way you're going for your pay packet. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, looking back over the years, you know, you just had so much fun and, and great laughs, like I say. It's, I mean, I think, I think players now, they're a bit spoiled now. Do you know what I mean? Compared to what we were. It's, it, like I say, it won, it won for the money. He did it for love at the game. And, uh, it just, as I said, I, th I think we we had more of a sort of relationship with supporters then. Do you know what I mean? You used to go out. I mean, I could remember, we used to, if you weren't in squad, you used to go down to industry pub and you'd have a pint, you know, or two, you know, in before a game and that sort of thing. And uh, I mean, even to this, I've, I've never told this. This is the, this is, this is the first, this. Um, I was once, uh, we went into to the game on a Saturday. And obviously, Dunks and, and Randall pick the pick the squad. If you weren't in the squad, you you'd go down to industry and you'd have a pint down there with all the supporters or something, you know. And obviously, and there's this particular day we came in and, and I thought I was playing and uh, and, and I wasn't. He, he read team out and I wasn't playing. What are you not bench? I thought, oh, right. So a couple of lads are saying who want playing saying, are you going down? I says, yeah, yeah, come down. So I went down and anyway, I sat there. Two pints later. I gets a tap on the shoulder from one of the apprentices. And he says, Nobby, he says, you're playing. And I says, I says, you are? He says, you're playing. I says, you're joking. He says, no. He says, Dad's car's pulled up. He says, you've got to get up there now. He says, you've got to get changed. And I says, you're joking. And I says, I've, I've had two pints and I've been stood with. So I couldn't believe it. You know what I mean? It's just, I've never said this before. And I remember Andy Morris, uh, his wife at the time, she gave me a packet of polo mints. And she said, here, get them down, you. So I ended up running back up to the club, you know, getting my gear off, and I'm chewing these these mints, and I couldn't believe, you know, they put put me on bench. Well, it's the longest warm up I've ever done in my life. I did 90 minutes warm up down bottom end because I didn't want to go near Kev or, or John in case they could smell the alcohol on me. <laughs> and luckily, there were every time somebody went down with injury, I was just thinking, God, get up, please get up, you know, because I've been stood with supporters. Do you know what I mean? It was just mad, and. Uh, but I learned after that, I thought, I ain't going down before a game, just in case I get called again like that. <laughs>
so looking back, I'm going to put you properly on the spot, but are there any, are there any matches or any moments that really stand out um, over those 12 years? It's obviously a long time, but, um, but what stands out really from your, your career with us? Um, the two, um, the two Wembley trips uh, obviously stand out for obviously reasons. Uh, my testimonial, which, you know, I thought was absolutely brilliant. Loved it, you know, and, and it was just something to give back to sort of fans, you know, for, for me, you know, for, to them, you know, sort of thing. Um, and the Liverpool 4-4 in, mm. the, in the, you know, the Coca-Cola Cup at Anfield, unbelievable. That, you know, do you want to think back to that? Um, but then again, I go back to which the emotional moment is the Mansfield Town, you know, battles, you know, it really it's home because, you know, I've gone through that. Um, Chef United games, you know, it just, it's quite a few really. You know, when you think back, but just um, just pulling that shirt on, you know, every game is just, you know, it's like I say, a lot of people get the right arm to play for the local teams, you know, and stuff like that. So uh, for me, it was just, it was a dream come true. You know, I've always, since a kid, I always wanted to play football and, and I managed to do it. And I think over that period of 12 years at Chesterfield, I had quite, quite a lot of success, mm. you know, in, in, the, in the club's history. So I, um, I think I'm I'm glad that you know I, just, I had the chance to play at that time, you know, and, and the sort of history of the club at that time, you know, it's uh, it was it's really good, and you know, you can't take that away from me. So yeah. really enjoyed it. 